0: And welcome to the Total Quidditch podcast, a place where we talk to the people who make Quidditch what it is and give them an opportunity to share their stories and experiences of the sport. I'm Fraser and I'll be your host. Yes, we are back. Series number five, episode 41. it been nice having a break for a couple of weeks, but after such a long time away during the pandemic, Quidditch is well and truly alive and well with tournaments coming thick and fast. And along with that, there's lots to discuss. Plenty of amazing people to talk to and amazing stories to tell. Uh, In this episode, we'll be looking ahead to this weekend's tournament, none other than the European Quidditch Cup, EQC. One of the biggest and best tournaments in the world. First two teams travel to Limerick Ireland, this weekend to see who will be crowned champions of Europe. Will it be Paris Titans for a fifth time and a third in a row? Or will another take the crown? It's all to play for at our first EQC in three years due to the pandemic. Joining me to hype up the tournament are two quite literal giants of European Quidditch. Making his first appearance on the pod, one claim to fame that this person has is that they scored the opening goal of the game to make their country the first to ever lead the USA in a competitive match. It's longtime player and coach for the OSI Vikings and Norwegian National Team, Jakob Lenz. And returning to the pod for his second appearance, it's captain of the newly crowned British champions, Wales and London, veteran of the UK game, and former EQC champion is Luke Twist. Good evening, guys. How are we doing?
1: Hey, I'm good. I'm really excited to be here. i really excited to, I don't know, just chat about what the hell is going to happen next weekend. Um,
0: should
2: be fun. Yeah. Hi. Right. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to be
0: here. Yeah, it's great to have you guys. Uh, great to invite Luke back and uh, have uh, Jakob, yeah, your first appearance on the pod. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll we'll jump straight into it, shall we? Um, just kind of looking back at previous EQCs, kind of things we've uh, enjoyed about the previous tournaments. Um, so just kind of thinking about EQC as a whole, what have been maybe our, our favorite thing about EQC as a tournament?
1: Personally, I think it's the hardest tournament to play in. Um, I think, you, you, you know, maybe the international tournaments, right? You get, like, Team USA, Australia, you know, like, like the teams are maybe better at, at the high points. But I think consistently, nothing's as hard as EQC over the weekend as a whole. And, like, I personally love that, like, at the last EC we had multiple games in swim in the group stages. I think like basically all of our games were in swim, which is just insane and we came third and I don't know to me that just it was such a hard weekend and and like EC nowadays that is what I look forward to from it. I think it's just so good. Like like back in the early days it was such an amazing coming together of countries and I I think that's still the same but just the level can't be matched, I think. The consistency of it.
2: Yeah, I think another thing that's really interesting about EQC is that when you play in your domestic little house, I mean, I don't know how it's in the UK because you have so many teams, but here in Norway, there's like three teams and you kind of all play the same style, you all learn the same tricks. And I've seen the same when I watched the EQC finals, right? You like know exactly what the others are going to do. There's no new tactics they're going to pull off their head because you've seen it at their training, you practice with them. But you go to EQC, and suddenly they play a completely different system, right? They play they play their genders different. They play their man markings, their defense different. They do everything different. And suddenly you have to adapt. And that's what I really like about it because you learn something every time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's what makes it so hard, right? Like you just you're thinking on the fly, and and just like there's so many good teams with their own tactics, and and yeah, there's none of this like. Inbred sort of I'm gonna do this to counter this thing or, or or whatever. Like I I don't know, talking about that, I watched the German Cup this weekend and there was just so much Baylor. It was crazy. Right. But like in the UK, we we basically don't have any Baylor at all. And it'll be interesting to see how how kind of the different matters collide, kind of how the German teams adapt, how how teams that aren't used to playing against things like Baylor actually actually manage to do it. I don't know, yeah, it'll be really cool. Mm. Bye.
2: I really hope Baylor will not succeed because it's honestly pretty boring to play, <laughs> yeah. especially Great. when you're doing it yourself. But uh, it's true. I think, in general, a lot of like we're gonna expect a lot of uh, really low defenses. I mean, uh, you guys also play two two, I think. And, yeah. So, uh, so in in yeah.
1: the UK, it's weird actually because we we have um we have rules amendments that UK implemented, which which um, make the hoops slightly wider. Um, and that kind of favors a 2-2. Like it's so hard for one single person to cover the hoops. So you kind of need multiple people to cover shots, which pushes into playing more of a two-two. Um so I think that's why it's become prevalent in the UK quite a lot. And um, yeah, we'll see if we'll see if the UK teams kind of have anything else up their sleeve or if they translate that to just, just rocking the 2-2 in Europe as well. But
0: mm. Yeah, I think it's like a it's a good overall point to make. Where like, yeah, you you have like an idea of what people do in your own country, uh, and you kind of have an idea of like, oh, these tactics are good uh, in this situation or whatever. And then yeah, another country, like a, a team from another country, can come up with something that you've never seen before, and it really shocks you. Like I think of uh, in 2019 with Rhinos Bond beating LQC, and they trained this tactic that worked so so well against LQC, and you. You, if you've had the pleasure of watching that game, like, yeah, L- LQC, they kind of countered it during the game a little bit, but you could just tell they weren't expecting it at all and ultimately lost the game. So it's those moments like that that make it really competitively interesting.
2: I think also something that's really shining at e- LQC is, uh, not LQC, EQC, is that you get, like, I mean, uh, we haven't performed in the history as well as uh, you guys do, or at least uh, Luke. But you get to watch some really, really top-notch Quidditch. You get to sit and you get to watch crazy fucking matches. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, Hell definitely. Yeah. Like for, for myself, like I think I've played. Three EQCs, but basically, when I haven't qualified, my team's not been there. I've gone as a referee, I've gone as a volunteer, just purely because yeah, there's so much amazing Quidditch to watch across the weekend. I think like one thing for me that I really enjoy about EQC is like the camaraderie, like between the teams from the same country. As we talked about there, like throughout the season, you'll be competing against each other and you're trying to knock each other um off the top spot or whatever in your country and then all of a sudden you go to Europe and apart from the games where you play each other which always a a bit of a letdown like you want to play the European teams rather than the teams from your country but in those games like you got people who you were trying to beat a few weeks or months ago and they're cheering your name oh let's go let's go and just like having that support from your own country like in that setting is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and no, it's really cool, especially when, you know, Fraser heckles you all season, and then you get to EQC, and he finally cheers you on, and it's just awesome. Like, it just... <laughs>
0: uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. Um. So, yeah, just kind of looking at EQC, and like, Jacob mentioned there, like, there's so many great games to have watched over the years. Like, what is... What would you say is the favourite match at EQC that you've played in, first of all? Like, what one game really stands out in your memory
2: for me it's clearly the lower bracket semi-finals in 2017 against the rhinos bond why um mostly i mean every time we play rhinos bond it's just a great game they're an incredibly physical team they're incredibly happy and jovial team and they're an incredibly fair team. Like, they're very sportsmanlike. like Like, for example, uh, one of our beaters got shot in the foot. He got called for illegal kick, like dangerous kick. And the bomb beater walked up and said, hey, Mr. Referee, like, I shot him. He didn't kick, but, uh, yeah. So it's very, they're a very nice team. It's always physical and uh, we won, which was also very nice. <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah, that game is stuck with me. Also, yeah. I'll get to that later.
0: Uh, I have another story to tell about this game later. Uh and save it for the bank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, for me, I I don't even know. Like it's so hard to pick out a single a single game. Like I love like I've said before, I I love the kind of just the series of hard games. Like it's the it's like day two of EQCs where you get to challenge yourself. You really push yourself more than any other day in the season. Or at least that's what I find. You end up with like three or four insane games in a row. Um, I think, yeah, the previous EQC, we yeah, we played against two Turkish teams in a row after after getting revenge against Raptors. And that that run-in at that tournament was just one of my favorite series of games. Um like we we lost to Raptors at BQC, we felt pretty bad about it. We we came back, got the win at EQC, went on to play Metu. I think we went down by like 60 or 70 in the semis, and then we pulled it back into range, which was just an insane comeback and just a real almost a turning point for werewolves generally like just having the having the resilience to be able to do that in a game um we 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 didn't quite pull out the win but it was still like an incredible performance and then you know ending win, ending on a win is always always insane right so so even though it was a third place playoff like getting the getting the medal felt felt amazing um apart from that like obviously just winning the eqc in belgium that we did even if it was early just obviously winning Winning gives you a special memory of that final, even if I, uh, even if I did get sent off in the game. But <laughs> we skim over that in the memory.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I imagine the raising the trophy was a a much better moment than the uh, the red card.
1: <laughs> nah, on, honestly, it was just as it was just a crazy experience that first time, and and obviously, like actually coming out on top in the final is is always special.
2: Um, that must have been twenty fourteen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was.
2: Damn, that's a long uh, time ago. Man, it was yeah that's yeah it was
0: oh, man mm. am i still yeah, playing I
1: think... the sport Fuck. <laughs> yeah uh,
0: yeah, it, yeah it's funny kind of what stayed the same and what's changed i guess a lot more has changed than stayed the same right
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah well i remember my first eqc as well It was 2015 uh, in uh, oxford horse grounds
1: hell yeah yeah yeah
2: i met uh, yeah. that's where i met Wolf you path. for the first time luke i remember
1: I remember too. That was a that was a great EQC as well. Actually, yeah. I really enjoyed that.
2: We were set to uh, lose groups, and then we won groups, beating Nottingham back in the days.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but we I just... got
2: smushed by Titans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: as did yeah. everyone. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I think, uh, Yes. Yeah, speaking of twenty fifteen, I've kind of got like three games that really like stand out in the memory. Uh, and they're all round of sixteen games. I don't know why, um, but just in terms of like the how, how in those moments was really cool. Like, the first one being against Paris Frog, um, South, Southampton versus Paris Frog, uh, two thousand fifteen. Where like we'd lost to uh, Titans on day one, and sort of what was built is like the group of death. It was like us, Meta Unicorns, like their first EQC, Passau. Um, that think their first EQC as well. And I think we are obviously feeling pretty confident after BQC and then ties did a number on us and all of a sudden that confidence kind of was a little bit shot after that. And then the next day we're like, right, it's, it's bracket play. If we lose, we're out. So there's this kind of like nervous energy in the air. We're like, oh, we, we could end up getting knocked out in the round of 16 like that. That doesn't feel right. And we were playing against this Paris Frog team who are really good, really, really big. I just remember this really big physical team um, but we fronted up um, and, yeah, I think mean, won the game quite comfortably in the end. Uh, Vince Foray being Vince, smashing through several frog players. Um was definitely a highlight of that. Then the following year, 2016, uh, we were playing uh, Vituti Romana in Gallipoli. Um, and just like with the team we had, like, I think we had like, like a lot of second team players and stuff everyone brought up another level for that game and it was just one of those where like yes it was a bracket 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 play game but it's like a fun game like it didn't feel like like compared to the previous year the same kind of stakes didn't weren't there as such in a weird way so it was just quite a fun game to enjoy and then the last one I'd say uh, when we played NTNUI in 2018 very similar to 2015 in that um it was like a bracket it was a bracket player game around 16. And that was our my final tournament at Southampton and like a few other players' final tournament at Southampton. So it was this kind of again, this nervous energy where we're thinking, oh shit, like today at some point will be our last competitive game for this club. When's it gonna be? Oh, it could be right now, right? Let's front up, like maybe the first thing in the morning. Let, let's really put in a performance. And like, NTNUI the previous day had taken Titans for overtime. So, really, like, strong team. But we just came out the blocks firing and didn't look back. And, uh, yeah, so those three games, I'd say, stand out the most. 2017, you say? 2018. Right. Yeah. So, uh, in uh,
2: Pfaffenhofen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I think still my, like, favourite EQC venue, like... If it wasn't in the arse end of nowhere in the Bavarian countryside, I'd love to go there I, every year for Christmas. It's days. not.
2: It's really close to the Munich airport. That's not.
0: I mean, <laughs>
2: if you have a car, not if you have to yeah. take transport. Yeah,
0: that, that, uh, that was yeah. our problem. See, we were staying in the centre of Munich, so we had to get like the train out there both days, and the first train back from the social at the night. Yeah, that's partly our problem, but still. In the middle of nowhere.
2: (laughs) Any advice for uh, people who go to the UQC for the first time? Stay as close to the goddamn pitch as you can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I think that's going to be quite easy this year, which is a big plus. We'll come on to that later. Um, So obviously you talked about games we've played in personally. What about the games that we've watched? Like what's been your favorite game to watch as a spectator at UQC?
1: Um, so for me, I always remember um Michelin. So in, in 2017, so I was I was injured, so I went to that tournament on crutches. So I was kind of a little bit on edge all weekend, kind of supporting werewolves, um, trying to trying to help them as much as I could, <laughs> even though I couldn't do anything. And then kind of when after they'd after they'd won the third place, everybody was just really hyped. We just settled into the stands and and there was a really there was a real buzz in the air about that final um like titans hadn't made it we were going to have a new eqc champion and i don't know i just i just remember that game feeling like it was going to be a special moment and then the game itself was just awesome as well um like both teams just really wanted it We're, were really hyped and and I don't know, yeah, there was just this buzz around that final, I felt, and and that was just a really cool, cool thing to be a part of. Um. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree. I actually have it in my notes, uh, bring up that uh, you remember Luke being on crutches in 2017.
0: <laughs> your ankle. All the fine details.
2: <laughs> no, I remember it very well. Uh, but yeah, also, I think 2017 was the day the Titans were dethroned by NGNUI. Yeah. That was mm. probably one of the biggest cheering huddles I've ever seen. Also, probably the day I've seen uh, some of my friends from Norway, the most cheerful ever like, you rolling on the ground, pounding the ground, crying, tears, everything. It was crazy. That's yeah, probably. I remember, like,
1: yeah. I remember the message getting around the ground that like Titans yeah. are lost, and it was like, this huge thing it was like mind blown and it's crazy that we i don't know yeah it just it just shook up the whole tournament so much like it wasn't a you know people don't like titans or happy they lost it was just it was just this like sense of oh my god what the hell is gonna happen now like who's who's yeah. gonna who's gonna win I right win it. yeah exactly and because they they went out in um the quarterfinals right it wasn't even the semis yeah. so it was like yeah i i just remember and yeah, prop stance yeah. in your eye. I couldn't watch it, so I think Wales were playing, fuckers.
2: It was a bit like <laughs> a law of physics had been upset, you know? Like, hmm. Titans are supposed to win. What, Titans are out in quarters? <laughs> that can't be. Yeah. I yeah. remember standing like, in the ranks and watching the game, and we're supposed to start warming up or start playing our game against Reinus Bonn in the, in the semifinals lower bracket. I was standing next to Leander, who's like, uh, I don't know, captain, coach, at least coach of reynolds Bond who said, yeah, we're not warming up yet. Nope, nope, nope. We're waiting. We're watching this game.
0: Yeah. It, 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 there's something to be said about like that buzz around that that one result. Because like, that happens, and everyone's going, oh, did you hear? And like the word spreads quite quickly. But literally, as that game finished, everyone then goes to the Wales v Raptors game on the other pitch. Like, everyone who was in that crowd heads over to see the end of that game. And obviously, Wales pulled off the win. And at that time, I think that was like a bit of a bit of a shock considering at BQC, sort of a few weeks before, Raptors had won quite convincingly against Wales in that game. So to see the roles reversed all of a sudden, it was like another big shock. Um, and it was just like a crazy kind of like 30 minutes across the weekend basically
2: yeah that was the first team velociraptors were like the, the the first big community team in europe right like we're basically team in team uk and we're gonna like win everything that was the message we got in norway i mean not <laughs> not that they were like being arrogant pricks that yeah. was just like the expectation
0: mm.
1: yeah no i i i totally agree with that i think i think Raptors were very favored. Well, in the in in the UK, they were quite favored that season. They did convincingly beat Werewolves, and I think they expected a lot more of the the European run. But I don't know. Well were, Werewolves have historically been really good at um beating beating whoever they lose to in <laughs> in BQC and at uh, EQC, mostly
0: Raptors. Yeah, uh, some kind of revenge mission. <laughs> the I think for me, the game that really stands out. Uh, like you've got to look at like so many brilliant games down the years and uh, it's, it's really hard to pick like a single game out of all of those babes. Um but I think just in terms of like just the spectacle of it probably like the 2018 final I think just like really nice weather conditions like the whole crowd there um, and like the crowd is like really close to the pitch like not too close, that it was dangerous, but like close enough to like feel part of the game and really part of the atmosphere. Um, and just like that Titans team that year was just so so good. Um, like I think Mikel had just joined them, Celia just joined them as well. Uh, Sammy, no, another player just joined, caught, caught, caught the snitch in the final. Um, and like you could see how much it meant to him to catch that snitch. Uh, just absolute tears. when it's called good. Um, So, yeah, like, any of those games down the year has been brilliant. But I'd say that one, just for, yeah, the spectacle of it, but also the level of gameplay that both teams showed in that final.
2: It was also that uh, German pitches and venues have one big advantage over most other countries. Really? It is perfectly fine and legal to drink beer on the court. (laughs)
0: That definitely helped then, I guess. Uh, I had a couple myself watching that game. <laughs> maybe maybe adds to the atmosphere of the crowd, who knows? They do do
1: that well. There is a lot of beer at the German tournaments. Yeah. Good
0: beer. I'd say, I'd say the best beer in the world. That's my my take from this episode. <laughs> the... that's what you call yeah. a hot
1: take, Fraser, then... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah,
0: know. Like, like, that seems to be like, they've got it. I think everyone talks about Belgian beer as well but yeah i'm sorry i'm the germans on this one the thing with german beer is cheaper than (laughs) Belgian. that's fair
2: belgium does good fruit beer
1: though i'm a big fan of that it's really like i I, i've had a couple of peach beers in belgium that have just been like amazing Mm -hmm.
2: yeah it's i think it's hard to compare actually like i'm a german myself so uh, it's hard <laughs> to compare and they certainly fill certain niches, but they're both very, very good. Being a here.
1: I, I can see this part of the pod being the controversial bit that people comment on afterwards. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you <They're> like, <laughs> no, the <That's>
2: Quidditch <laughs> going on, on Facebook, Quidditch Europe. Fraser has no goddamn idea.
0: Please cancel <laughs> <him>. <laughs> as this goes out, Louis just resliding to my DMs going, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? they obviously like we we talked about within that uh sort of various um sort of games we've enjoyed kind of on besides that are there any like favorite moments we have maybe off pitch like at, at the tournament or maybe other moments at eqc that you particularly enjoyed
1: so i i don't know how to describe this moment to anybody that wasn't there or how to explain it to people that weren't in the community at the time, but do you guys remember the Brizl Puffs' hopes and dreams in <laughs> Gallipoli? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. The <laughs> oh, Puffs. I regret so being
1: there for it. I'll tell you that. The, the Bristol team, um, were put into the group of death in Gallipoli, and then, as as they did, they just. I don't know, they just get over the top with everything and they just make a big, and they're just like excitable and, and hype up everything and they had this big ceremony on the, was it literally the Friday, the day before? Yeah. Where they buried the hopes and dreams and they had a big ceremony and there was I can't believe how many people were actually there like, and it wasn't just UK people, it was just random Europeans and I'm just like, what? how? And and they, they had this like shoebox that they used as a metaphor that they that they buried it was it was just mental it was one of the more surreal moments that's happened off pitch and again i i don't know how to explain it to anybody (laughs) (laughs) else
0: it was just crazy Um, but
2: but they got absolutely smashed weren't they
0: no they they made it to the round of 16
2: uh, yes, yeah, they did yeah yeah they
0: they beat frog and then i think they took Antwerp to overtime
1: yep they beat frog they took Antwerp to overtime they made it to upper bracket and then on the saturday night they went and dug up their hopes and dreams <laughs> 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 and like i i don't know like i i I don't really know what else to say about that well, you, you were there fraser <laughs> right
0: yeah yeah i missed the the i missed the funeral But I remember them running to the beach like after they won the game on the Saturday and then just going to dig it up and they brought it back. And then like they brought it to like all their well, I say all their games, they brought it to the the round of 16 game with you guys. uh, Yeah, we
1: trashed them. It was really. (laughs) Didn't they give give you the shoebox? (laughs) I
0: feel feel like they gave you the shoebox like after that is like to continue on. Yeah, it was. So yeah, that is that
1: is the. Off pitch, that's like a big moment that feels like just very surreal and wild and i don't again i don't know how to describe it but it was a really cool thing that happened i don't know why it happened but it was awesome
2: um, it's pretty lit story yeah
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like it, it, it's one of those things where like only in quidditch like you, yeah. you don't hear about shit like that in other sports at all. Like it's just so uniquely part of the sport.
1: Yeah. Um I I don't know if anybody else has anything to say or if I should just keep telling stories, but uh go ahead. <laughs> you got another one, go ahead. Uh like another thing that stands out is uh so the, the EQC in Belgium, the first one that I went to with, with Chimeras, um we 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 took a coach, we like rented a coach, found someone to driver or like came with a driver or whatever and we literally like we're all on a coach trip overnight to Belgium we stayed in this like dodgy hostel at like we got like literally two hours of sleep because our coach was so delayed like before going to day one of of UQC and just that whole journey just felt like just just stuck together could fall apart at any moment but we we're all in it together and it just felt really special and kind of we didn't know what to expect we we're all still quite new at quidditch um at that point and just being in it together and, and adventuring and i don't know it was just that was just a really really awesome way to go to a tournament i'd love to do the whole like coach trip as a as a team or a club again but i, I don't think that's gonna happen but back in the day it just <laughs> a students, it somehow was cheaper it was more convenient it, was the sort of ridiculous thing you plan to do when you're a student and don't know better. And it was just awesome. Um,
0: so, um, that's another like
1: off pitch memory that, that really stands out.
0: So our original plan for Limerick as Raptors, we, we talked about it on our many Zoom calls during the pandemic, was to go to Limerick uh, in a van, which uh, Faye Davies would, would drive for us. And we'd just play Uptown Girl on repeat uh, for the whole journey banter bus like get 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 the ferry to Ireland I think Olympians are doing actually um and then drive to Limerick from there um originally the plan I think it, it, there was like an EQC bid for Turkey at one point to so think oh we'll get we'll get the bus to Turkey uptown girl nonstop, and uh see how long it takes so we all get sick of it um alas that has not materialized unfortunately but uh yeah the it would have been pretty 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 unique I'd say if it did happen
2: <laughs> I was strongly discouraged doing that for the sake of your mental sanity
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's pro- probably why we've not gone through it I guess um, but yeah I think, like, think of like funny moments from EQC um, I remember that game we had with meta unicorns and that was just like quite a fun game because um, like I know some of the goals that, especially like Unicorn score, were just like, I don't know, kind of very kind of high risk plays and like just sort of chuck it, see what happens. And then it would come off and they were like, whoa, shit, like that was a really good goal. There's a lot of get- that going on. There's like a really kind of fun atmosphere. And there's this one point where, yeah, again, to about Vince, who's our keeper. Um, He got carded typically and come back on as the chaser. And, uh, quaffle goes loose in our keeper zone and he picks it up and he's, uh, he's wearing the chase headband there's a unicorn's chase trying to get the quaffle off him and he's sort of going, whoa, 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 I'm the keeper I'm the keeper, and then unicorn's beard comes on, beats him out and he still thinks the keeper and he goes, oh wait, no, looks up oh shit, dismounts and then the unicorn's player picks up the quaffle and scores and like, <laughs> I totally forgot just about like, that, what the but... fuck is going on <laughs> i remember that now that was such a good moment uh like they're just like incredibly embarrassing um but yeah. So funny to see like in a competitive game like i can just sort of completely blank like that man
2: <laughs>
0: yeah
2: but it happens it happens in the best of families <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's the I perfect remember, time uh, for me to uh, remind you when you scored that own goal, Jacob, <laughs> in Barcelona.
2: Oh, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Uh I did the same thing in 2015 in Santiago.
0: Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> the same summer. Yeah. Man.
2: Yeah, But I was actually going to talk about uh, a game from 2018 between Ruhr Phoenix and the Honeybees, ITU Honeybees. Uh, Phoenix was clearly dominating the game. There were, I don't know, 60 points up uh, by the time Snitch came around. They only and both teams have very strong seekers. Wolf uh, Phoenix was dominating the Snitch game. They put both the beaters in the bubble the whole time. They, their only problem was the Snitch was Mikael from Titans. Both the seekers, like Unicorn Seeker, uh, sorry, Honey uh, Honeybee Seeker, is a small. Uh, non-binary person, I think. Uh, Phoenix seekers, both tall, lanky, skinny guys. At some point, Mikael had him, arms wrapped around, holding him off the ground and defending him like a puppet to use <laughs> to ward off the other seekers. <laughs> Mikael was just way out of their weight class, so it took them until like minute forty to catch. At which point, honeybees were in range. Uh, Phoenix caught. Phoenix catches to overtime. Now, two Honeybee beaters committed fouls right before the catch. So, Honeybee start with no beaters, four versus six, and they score 10 0 into overtime with zero beaters on up. <laughs> By like passing, right? The second bludger comes, he takes the ball right from the pass into the block to end the block and goes drive goal. Honeybees win the game. If anybody else had been a snitch there, Phoenix would have won that game, but he's too big. <laughs> yeah. too big. I was like, how can you score four versus six with no bludgers on Broomsa? But it's possible. Never give up. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I love I, I love that. I love hearing like crazy stories that I just didn't even know happened. That's that's so yeah.
0: insane. I didn't even know that was a thing, honestly. Um, that's pretty cool. Um yeah, I guess we'll uh, move on now to talking about this upcoming EQC. Um, so in Limerick, in Ireland, last weekend. Um, yeah, like, just kind of looking ahead to the tournament, What are we, what's exciting us about this tournament in particular?
1: I think, uh, expanding on, on the point from earlier, like, just kind of the unknown, right? Like, Europe is... There's always this great coming together of tactics, of of ideas, of of great players. And I think this year more than any other, I just have no idea what to expect. And I don't know, I think that's I think that's super, super exciting. Um as far as a competitive tournament goes, as far as something that people can follow along at home. Um yeah, I just like I can't wait for the high level of play. I just have no idea what it's gonna look like. <laughs> um
2: Hmm. I'm really, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really curious how people are going, like, I think a lot of teams are going to play low and compact defenses, and I'm really curious how people are going to deal with it, how many people will fail on the the Baylor hurdle, you know, that last meter shot into the hands of the person just standing there holding their hands up. It's all happened to the best of people, so I'm curious how it's going to go with that.
1: Yeah, I think I think we might see a lot of Baylor because I mean, typically, France and and Titans have played kind of Baylor-esque defenses to to a lot of their victories, and I think that's kind of where you get it from in Europe. And I don't know, we'll see how mm. how much that like, gets
0: played. It was like a big theme at Division Two as well, wasn't it? Like a lot of teams were doing it, um, and just like we well, obviously, obviously in the UK now, we play with just the central hoop, where you can tap in. But it was really obvious to me, like refereeing it. But like it was just so easy to tap back in and like just keep your shape.
1: Yeah, it's it feels weird because obviously, like, yeah, we have different rules in the UK, so it just isn't a thing here. But but it 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 does feel quite dominant in in Europe, like especially at the German Cup, there was there was a lot of Bela. I think there was more at the German Cup than than at Div Two, um, which is quite interesting. And yeah, I just don't know what to expect. But I agree. I see people playing deep. Um, Deeper
0: defenses we'll
1: see Mm. it's a slightly different point i'm actually quite excited for the venue at the cqc
0: yeah i was gonna bring that one up yep (laughs) i think the pitches.
1: i I, i'm a fan of artificial pitches when they're good and i'm that's all we're playing on and i think that's gonna be great i think the player village sort of feel is gonna be awesome like everybody's staying in staying in kind of university accommodation kind of right next to each other all the players at least which I think it's gonna have a really, really cool kind of community feel, especially for the first one back after so long. Like,
0: yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really excited for the venue. Like, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a really good, really good one.
2: It's like uh, European Games in twenty eighteen in the Bungalow Village.
0: Yeah. Oh, the the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, World Cup. Yeah, yeah, correct.
2: Yeah,
0: Italy. That, that was really cool. And like, do you remember after day one at World Cup, where like everyone gets back to the. Uh, athletes village as they called it and then everyone jumps in the pool like there's people from like all over the world like i know people you vaguely recognize just like splashing around like messing around in a pool and
2: that superstar you've been watching on youtube for four years from yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it was just like that that was like one of the coolest moments i think from that world cup was just like how everyone was just in there together like one kind of community like completely removed from the sport basically
2: yeah it's certainly good for like coming back together after corona yeah Yeah, definitely
0: like i feel like there's there's so many people like yourself who i've not seen in what three three years ish something like that uh which is a long time um and i think that's one of the nice things about d2 as well like getting those chances to see each other again um I know um I'm planning to meet up with some Norwegians on the Friday, play some spikeball. So I'm really excited <laughs> for that. Um and yeah, just like it, the venue itself is be great. Um I'm I'm pretty sure that Munster Rugby train at this venue. So if it's good enough for them. Like pretty sure the pitch to be good quality. The social is like a few minutes walk away as well. Um so it's kind of all just building up to this like really kind of I guess festival atmosphere, which is definitely going to like amp, amp up the tournament.
2: Oh, quick question! So you guys are like a bit closer to Irish culture. How is the Irish pub going to be compared to uh, what I saw in British EQCs?
0: <laughs> um, probably a lot rowdier, I'd say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, should be good. You'll you'll like you'll like Ireland, Jacob.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, 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 irish are very good at drinking and socializing um as, as a as a nation so uh, it's definitely one, one aspect of this weekend i'm excited for um but yeah just to kind of build on luke's point earlier of like the unknown um like it's not just in terms of like generally talking about social now <laughs> But more so the Quidditch. Um, I think we know probably know more about the social than we do about the Quidditch at this point. Um, but yeah, like that was one of the really cool things about Division Two, right? Because like with that, I don't know because it's the second tier of the competition. You don't know who's good, who's not, um, and like the teams that were certainly better than I expected at that tournament. Um, whereas like with Division One, obviously you got like your typical kind of Big teams like, I know, your Titans or Antwerp on their way back. Um, or well, like there's, there's a good chance that the British teams be good, but at the same time, there's like eight teams from Germany and like the strength and depth across their teams is pretty high. Obviously, Norwegian teams have done, been able to give a lot of countries a run for their money, uh, in previous seasons. Um, so yeah, obviously, unicorns as well. Um, so there's kind of a, a semblance of like what we, we know it's expect to a extent but where the shock's going to come like, I feel like this is probably the most open EQC there's ever been which is really exciting
2: yeah I think also that uh, so many teams dropped out was going to either it's going to condense because teams that are willing to go and are willing to scrape up the money to go Will go, or it might just uh, water out the quality. It's going to be either of those.
0: Mm. Well, I think that was one of the really good things about 2019 like going to that um, as a, a non playing referee and volunteer it was just like every game felt like a, a high quality game. Um, like a, every game was, there's was certainly like a, a noticeable increase in the standard of play compared to previous years so yeah. seeing that and experiencing it as well as a player this time will be really exciting
1: yeah i'm expecting um, the level to be really high so i was i was actually really impressed at div 2 i thought um i thought the kind of good teams at div 2 would be would be really good and i i thought there might be some less good teams from from some of the developing nations or, or that kind of qualified early or whatever but actually like the consistent level at div 2 really really impressed me there was there was a lot of really good play that at a higher standard than I than I expected, and I don't know. To me, that that implies that Div One will also end up being a consistently higher standard than than I maybe would have initially expected. You know, I I kind of had the same opinion as you were. Maybe COVID's made some teams drop out or whatever, and and maybe the level will have you know dispersed a bit more. But after Div Two, I'm expecting a lot of really strong teams, and I'm really excited to see.
2: Well I think mm. the eight teams that are going to EQC have played for their seed in twenty nineteen. The Germans. They did not replay really their seat. <laughs> which I personally find a bit ridiculous. Um, but the
0: yeah. whole
1: world's been a bit ridiculous recently, so let's just, a bit. just, just a see bit. what happens.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All eight of those teams now are gonna be just like eyes down for, for for jacob just wanting to get you now they're all going to be ready to beat you after uh dousing <laughs> the qualification
2: process let them come <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i love that we're we're making friends all over all over the continent already um so i guess this is like our one serious i guess s- serious question for the episode um so, kind of one, I guess, topic around this tournament is that only one Turkish team has been able to attend uh, this EQC, the Meta Unicorns. Um, and from uh, the understanding that I've had from talking to various people, it's kind of more so due to financial constraints and visa issues, and things like that. So, kind of, what are our thoughts on this? Because obviously, in the past, not Unicorns been a great team, but also There's been a lot of other good Turkish teams that have made a mark on Europe. Yeah, they're unable to attend. So what are our thoughts on that?
2: Well, one of the problems is that the Turkish lira has devalued by, let me lie, five to ten times what it was worth a few years, like the last seven, eight years. Mm. Which means going to Turkey twice a year is incredibly expensive, just by sheer economics, not even by purchasing, like, by uh, because their country is poor, it's just because their currency is worth nothing. So making the tournament the same year when Turkey had a bid, giving it to Ireland twice in the same year, it's kind of a slap in the face, because they're saying, you're not good enough even, like we're giving the same tournament to the same nation, the same spot twice, which is like has not happened before unless there was like uh, special circumstances.
1: yeah, i I don't know the details of why Turkey's bids were not successful. Like it would be like it, it would be good to know, like I don't know if I don't remember Europe publishing anything um to say why why they weren't chosen, but like it's it's really hard to like make too big of a comment. Like I I I'd love to kind of I'd love to go to circuit one day. I actually, I I know a couple people that have been on holiday there recently. And like you know, I know that that um, in kind of somewhat recent history, it's not been the most stable country. Um, but like I said, I know people that have gone abroad there recently, and like I'm sure it'd be a great place. But but yeah, it'd be cool to know specifically why why they haven't um, been able to host. I I know there were some suggestions of of having maybe like uh, some kind of support for for teams that that might struggle to go to EQC. And I, I think that's a really cool idea actually, like kind of like spreading the cost a little bit, like if teams have to travel further or or from from countries that are doing as well. But that's not something that you can implement quickly, right? Like that was never gonna be brought up as an issue and then and then solved kind of in the two months before EQC. But I think I think that might be an idea in the future for for countries or teams that that might have a similar similar issue my, my uh my knowledge of the countries uh isn't the best so i don't know if it's like i don't know if anybody else might have an issue um as well as mm. turkey you know um yeah, well, I think yeah I think, cool um, potentially
0: i think in the past there's been like a policy at PSQCs where if you have to travel further or you come from a certain country of like a certain economic situation then you pay like a smaller like, team fee than another team would do. So it's all kind of on like a scaled basis uh, based on, I guess, who can afford it the most. Um, I don't know why that's changed all of a sudden. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'd be good to kind of get an explanation from Quidditch Europe on that. Because um, obviously, if something like that had been in place for this, perhaps we could have had maybe two three other turkish teams who knows um it's all kind of speculation at this point but yeah of um... course
1: i mean at the last eqc they the uh, turkey put two two teams in the top four right like yeah the, they have serious players i mean like as, as far as i'm concerned basically every tournament that the turkish teams attended outside of turkey they they haven't had a full strength roster as well like for for various reasons related to this so it would be it would be insane to see them at full full strength you know but it gets complicated when you're like, oh, let's help Turkey out because they're a really good nation. Like then it, it starts becoming like kind of like prize money. So it it would need to be fair in some way. Um, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if this team's from, from other countries that are less economically stable, that that would also appreciate the help. Like, I don't know full details, but I think, I think that is a cool program, like something that would be cool to restart in the future if, if it's been stopped for some reason, like, I don't know. I I just yeah. I'd rather Credit Europe be quite open about this. You know, mm. like it felt like there was a lot of speculation recently. In I think,
2: Britain, and yeah. it was quite tough. Yeah, I think there's two issues here. One is the 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 economic policy we're discussing is interesting. Uh, first of all, I think the main reason why we don't do that anymore is because you see has gotten a lot more expensive. Back in the days, like 2015, it was I think it was stepped like 100, 200, 300 euros per team, depending on how poor you are and now it's like what 600 700 like it's it's a lot more expensive despite inflation like going beyond inflation by far um so that makes and it makes a political problem because the ngbs have to agree on it and ngbs political I think stingy on the money reason i've never been representing NGBs, so i don't know the other issue i think is transparency in selecting bits uh I don't think there's been official declaration of why bits have been and have not been selected. And usually it's okay. But if there's systematic complaints from somewhere, I think transparency needs to be increased. Especially when we we have this recurring discussion in British Europe about lack of trans rights or lgbtq rights in turkey being the reason but we actually don't even know if that is the factual reason
1: yeah that that is just speculation to an extent i mean it it might just be that Europe looked into the bids and ireland was just that much better like I've, i've said before i'm excited about the irish venue but like yeah i like it would be good to get clarity on on it
2: I mean, yeah, selecting sure. venues on their quality is um, questionable. <laughs> Twenty sixteen, <2016. laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. The Ireland yeah. looks pretty lit. I I have to say the video and all that.
1: Mm. Yeah, it it does look good, but I don't know. I I, I, I totally yeah. agree with your point, your summary. Like you know, there's the two issues, right? Um. And yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to get some get some clarity on on it from Critics Europe. I guess after the tournament, at this point, everybody's busy, right? You know, yep. these are all volunteers, but but kind of in time for the next one, for the next round of events, it would be would be cool to get some.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think in terms of, like Turkey hosting, just uh, hope and like, uh,
2: t- uh, to put it out a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think in terms of, like Turkey hosting like an EQC or a, an EG at some point, I feel like it is something that should happen at some point um and like you look at the tournaments that turkey hosted in the past like they put on intergalactic cup every year uh i think the unicorns organized um and like everyone who goes to that from outside of turkey has raved about it like it's received all these really positive reviews from the people who've gone to it and hearing that from other people makes me want to go to that tournament so you kind of follow that logic and go oh well if they put on an eqc and maybe it's the same organized committee or whatever then they put on a good tournament and obviously there are other issues to consider um well i i kind of feel like within europe turkey's a bit like the australia at world cup that makes sense like they obviously have a lot of talent within their nation um and they're always the team that travels and they have to fly ridiculous uh, distances and pay all kinds of money for the flights themselves and for accommodation and visas and all of that. Um, so it only feels feels right at some point that we return the favour and go Turkey to go personally. Um, but then again, obviously there are issues to talk about and yeah. At the end of the day, I don't make the decisions, but I'd, I'd like to go. That's that's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm a known and big supporter of Turkey. Uh, I mean Turkish quidditch. I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah, please, uh, Turkish uh, secret service, please uh, assassinate <laughs> me. But I'm not a supporter of the Turkish regime. But I am a big supporter of Turkish quidditch, and uh, I've been to Intergalactic Cup several times, and it was a blast every time, every single time. So yeah, please, Turkey, if you see bit again. And please Quidditch Europe give them the bid.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to I'd love to get to a tournament in Turkey, actually. Like it'd be would be hella fun. Um, yeah, see how they do things over there. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think I think before they put in another bid, I think it's worth Quidditch Europe like like is have the problems with past bids. Like is that something that can be fixed? Like can we work through this, you know? It's worth opening that conversation up in a in a in a good way. <laughs> I can't think of a word um <laughs> you, you, you know having like a genuinely friendly chat like look like what's what's the issue like can we fix it because we really want to host this tournament right like that's the way to go forward and i'd i'd heavily encourage them to try and to try and work together to to sort something out for the future you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, yeah i agree with a lot of that uh, i think we're all more or less on the same page with when it comes to this issue um can we definitely back on. should invite
2: someone who disagrees
0: <laughs> True, is it? There's just a massive echo echo chamber, basically. Like <laughs> that's how others' podcast works. Um, gonna move things back onto the tournament now. Um, and just kind of looking ahead, um, are there any players or teams that we're excited to play against, or maybe to to, to see play across the weekend? Who's who's catching our eye? Obviously, this comes with a massive caveat that I've seen a roster um and i obviously know my own team's roster but uh beyond that uh we don't have access to them um so we'll, we'll see how this goes but are there any particular teams we're excited to play any any players out there
1: i'm yeah i mean I, it's a pretty obvious answer but i'm excited to see titans and dodos i don't know what to expect obviously Dodos had a quote retirement at some point um <laughs> we'll uh we'll forget about that but um so 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 yeah the back titan's back no idea what the roster is going to look like i don't know like what big names they've kept hold of i don't know who they've recruited i don't really know how much they've trained um so i'm just excited to see what what happens like i'm obviously i'm 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 still i'm still apprehensive about about having to play them like they're going to be they're going to be really good teams right but like how good are they actually going to be like have they have they kept it up over covid i'm just really excited to see answers to to kind of those questions and i i say titans and dodos because they're the two like big teams historically in eqc that that always bring strong rosters that, that always show up um yeah, I would I would include Meta in that, but it sounds like they've had a couple of roster issues this time, and and yeah, so Titans and Dodos for me are just I don't know. I'm excited to see what see what happens really. Mm-hmm. See if yeah. see if Titans have come up with any any new tactics, or if they're gonna beat us with the same old stuff they've been doing for six seven years.
0: <laughs> if they broke, don't fix it, right? Uh, small loop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about your group, Luke? What about my group? Yeah.
1: Uh, so we're playing, we're playing against Olympians, so baby Titans. Um, we've got Malika. So I'm excited for that, actually. We saw some Spanish teams at Div 2. They look really <laughs> strong. Um, playing against Malika, who have um, Paola on their roster from, from Unspeakables. I hear that ruffled a few feathers in Spain. We <laughs> um, won't go into that, but uh, so that's a good story for another time. Um and we have Passau as well, who for some reason Wells seem to draw every single EQC. So that'll be another another fun rematch. Um, I don't know, I'm excited. I'm most excited for the for the Malika game. I think that's our last game of the day as well on day one. Should be quite exciting. I don't know if you guys have looked at the bracket, but it's like it's kind of like a semi-fixed bracket where the winners from one set of groups go onto one side of the bracket with the the second places from the other set. So basically I think if uh, if wells win our group, we end up on a really stacked side of the bracket with with Titans, LQC, and Dodos or Raptors, I think. Um, which is going to lead to a very interesting day, too.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to our group. It's uh, pretty stacked, I'll say.
1: Go on, what's, uh, have, what's your LQC, group, then?
2: We have LQC. We have uh, Berlin Bluecaps, and we have Lunatica Quiddish Club. Cool. <laughs> exactly, but I'm uh, I'm actually kind of coming around to it lately. I uh, I'm <laughs> looking forward to playing LQC. Uh, I, they're a really hard-nosed team. I think they play really physical Quidditch. I like the the BQC final helped me on the like I was sitting here with Caleb Pickman sitting on like he lives right under me.
1: Oh really? And, yeah.
2: yeah. So we were sitting on the edges of our seat watching that game until the very last moment, and I what knew it? okay. I want to play those guys. Like, <laughs> I want to, like, so much tackling, so much, like, hitting. And I also, i really looking forward to play against uh, Sap Waters. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, Berlin, they played at Pokal, but I think they didn't bring their whole line, but I don't know. Looking forward to play against uh, the Spanish guy, Miguel. Uh, he's a longtime rugby player. It's going to be fun. And I've no clue how have played. The last time I saw them was in 2015. So yeah,
0: it's been a while.
2: <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it comes back to
1: the like I have no idea what to expect from anyone. I think I think it's quite scary being on a UK team actually. Like we've we've had a bunch of fixtures and they've all been they've all been filmed and they've all all been uploaded. I feel like for for the other teams, if you've got if you if the big team you have to beat is one of the one of the UK teams, I feel like that's kind of you guys can actually plan for that. <laughs> you know, like you've got plenty of LQC footage that you can watch and be like, right, they have this player, this player, this player. We need to do and and I don't know, you can at least try and come up with a plan for it, right? Whereas mm. we're kind of going in blind
0: yeah.
1: a little
2: bit. On the other hand, you guys are like super well established teams with a really deep roster and like lots of experience. Like yeah. you have almost exclusively veterans on your first two lines.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, there's there's a lot of teams I'm really excited to see play at some point. Uh maybe play against. Who knows? Um I think firstly, um just looking at the German teams as a whole, um, there's eight at this tournament, uh, which is quarter <laughs> quarter of the tournament. Um so I think Germany got a good chance of at least one of those teams making the quarterfinals. Um, who knows? Um, so seeing teams like Ruhr-Phoenix um, and like Rhinos-Bonn, uh, Berlin Bluecaps, um, th- teams like that. I think I remember Ruhr-Phoenix and Bonn, the last EQC, were just really fun teams to watch. So just kind of seeing whether they are as exciting to see play as they were before um a bit of a rogue one this one i'd say dna quidditch from uh group c um who are like a i guess like a rebranded club i think a lot of the players used to play for the green tauros in turin um so i know that uh wally benfidel the black mamba is is coming back to quidditch and he's gonna be playing Oh
1: really um, yeah no right. black returning?
0: yeah playing for dna um oh. So I'm really excited to see him play. I'll never he's...
2: forget. I'm sorry to interrupt you for his. Yeah, breath. go on. I remember when we when he when they when Team Italy played Team UK and Black Mamba walked up the quaffle on the pitch and he spun the quaffle on his finger like <laughs> a basketball while walking it up. I will never forget that. That's Black Mamba in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah
1: he's so much fun. I oh, I did not know he was going to be playing. I can't wait. It's going to be so yeah.
0: good. So i like...
2: definitely looking forward to seeing that.
0: Yeah, so he he's back, and like I I don't know what to expect from that team as a whole, but yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. Um, and then yeah, I guess the the other kind of team I want to shout shout out from teams that are going would be the only team I've seen a roster from so far, which is again uh, Gargoyles. Yet again, were a fun team to watch in 2019. Like there were shades of Antwerp in the way they played in terms of sort of a very kind of. Pass heavy, sort of uh, very intelligent brand of Quidditch, um, and I think from within their team, Pians, they won their beaters. Uh, she really stood out to me in 2019 that tournament, and that was her first EQC, like that was her first season playing. Um, and then she went went on to play for the Belgian team at European Games that summer. And uh, yeah, just from that first season, she. Looked really to see how she's improved how she's progressed from from that point in 2019 so yeah shout out again uh and uh, to yona as well um moving on to our final final question of the episodes um just kind of looking at day one and some of the obviously I, i'm currently looking through the groups and uh kind of salivating at all these different matches that are possible um like which which group stage games are we looking forward to either playing in or watching on day one so
2: my notes say first of all at eight thirty, you want to watch Darmstadt versus Anthony I because uh those players have uh like half of Darmstadt played for Anthony I at some point I feel like and uh some offense, you know, I played uh, or coached Darmstadt at some point. So that's going to be an interesting game, even though I don't know how good Darmstadt is these days. Um, because of Corona and because of no seeding. I noted for 9.30, it's uh, either you watch us playing LQC or you watch Munich, who won the Pokal in Germany just last weekend against Titans. And then I noted that for 14.30, we have Metal Unicorns against the Rhinos Bonn.
1: I think I think those are all those are all reasonable games to shout out for me the highlight of day one has to be Antwerp versus Raptors
2: I must have missed that that's a good shout that is like I don't know to me <laughs>
1: that that is the like the big game of of day one you know like I, I don't even know what time it is but but I mean they're in the same group that's it's, gonna it's, be it's
0: our it's our final game of the uh the group yeah so like afternoon time sorry
1: i do know when it is because it's the same time as our final game which sucks Uh,
0: but yeah yeah, like i
1: there's gonna be a ton of really close games but i for me i think that's that's the one i'm most excited to well i guess find out about if i don't get to watch it um it's two teams that i don't know you wouldn't be surprised if either of them make the semis or even make the final you know and like they're playing on day one that's huge um
2: Given the uh, semi-struct, the semi-set uh, bracket structure you mentioned, do you think some teams are going to like play uh, less than hundred percent in uh, some of the games to get second?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fixing. Whoa. No, I mean Can't
1: like special. it's not. Like, aren't going to do that. Like you know. Oh yeah, no, I do. Ra- Raptors <laughs> are see might like aren't do that. <laughs>
0: I think I think there's there's a lot to be said about like momentum. If you lose a game, especially like I don't know, if you're a team that's particularly like plays on emotion, and you're kind of geared that way. If you lose a game, that can really like knock the wind out your sails. Um, so just be able to build that momentum. Like no matter who you're playing, just thinking, yeah, doesn't doesn't matter who we're playing. We're winning these games. Like doesn't matter the score. What what's the result at the end? We're winning um so yeah like as as kind of basic as it sounds like having that momentum throughout a tournament and like that, that build going into the later stages just gives you more and more confidence so uh yeah I, although having Antwerp in our group isn't ideal um getting that number one seed for day two is gonna be really tough um like like with, with the rest of the group I feel like feel comfortable we can win those games. Um, just from the the knowledge I have of Hamburg and of Danube Dyewell's uh, previous tournaments. But uh I guess in a way it's kind of like a final on day one. Like it, it, it like in terms of the level of importance of it. Like I know they want to beat us. We wanna beat them. So we can really kind of put on a show for hopefully some kind of crowd that's there. And uh yeah, hopefully it be a we can entertain you guys.
1: I'm pretty sure you'll have everybody that's not playing, Fraser.
0: I
2: agree.
1: <laughs> I agree with you.
0: Yeah.
2: game.
1: It might even be late enough that some of them have opened beers at that point. Like, it's just...
2: <laughs> it's the afternoon. It's Saturday. Yeah.
1: You're on, you're on holiday? It's Ireland? Like, what <laughs> well, To be honest, like, that so that's I'm that's obviously it. talking about Titans and Dodos and, um, and the UK teams, but I, th- I think they're just the kind of known quantities. Like I assume that the other side of the bracket will will have kind of equally as good teams. I just don't know which ones. Like I think I think we're gonna have a really high level this tournament, like all round. Um,
2: There's going to be surprises.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna <laughs> be big.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like you you look at some of these groups. Um, I think when I when I saw it drawn, like I looked at Group F, and. Uh, yeah, there's going to be, I imagine, some close games in that. Obviously, Munich off the back of winning the uh, German Cup at the weekend. Um, I think they're kind of back to their best. I think Christ- Christian Faun is back playing for them as well. So, I think he's got a real part to play in um, in that group in particular. And It'll be cl- interesting to see how close they can get to Titans. It'll be, a, a, I guess, like sort of a a test for the other teams to sort of look at the way Munich play Titans on day one, see how close they can get to Titans as kind of a a way of measuring how how close they can get to beating Titans, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it'll be really interesting generally to see how the the good German teams kind of adapt to Europe. Like we mentioned earlier, they played a lot of Baylor in the German National Cup. And actually at Div 2, we thought that the German teams had a really good shot on them. Like we were quite impressed with their shooting. But that obviously doesn't really work against Baylor. So, like, maybe that's why they play Baylor in the German Cup so much. But, like, how will all those skills translate? You know, will they still play Baylor on defense? Will the shot become a bigger part of the game? Um, it's just, yeah, I can't wait to see it. And, yeah, see yeah, how Munich... They
2: do when they need to put four people on Mikel just to bring him down.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the... But, but yeah, there's there's a lot of exciting groups there. I think Group B uh, is a bit of an underrated one with uh Red Phoenix and Ghent. Um, I think mean, that's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, again, as I shout shout them out before, like they're two teams that play really nice Quidditch, two really intelligent teams. So I'm looking forward to that game in particular. Um, and yeah, as it, as it mentioned, uh, Darmstadt and Group C um, facing up against NTNUI. and then also we big up uh, DNA before like yeah I think Group C that could be uh, an interesting one kind of some older teams like I think Brussels are back for their first EQC in a while as well um and yeah this, this DNA team coming back Darmstadt kind of like a regular fixture at EQC these days so just seeing whether they still got it um despite using like their 2019 seeding for the tournament um, Yeah. I think we've more or less exhausted uh, all the stuff to talk about. <laughs> so uh, yeah, kept this to just over an hour. We'll we'll wrap it up there. So just uh,
1: just before we finish, I'd like to give a quick quick shout out to, shout out. to my fiance Alice Walker, who is currently heckling me in the Who group chat
0: because I said <laughs> we
1: just have no idea for apparently a hundred times or something stupid. <laughs> so yeah, very supportive. Thank you, Alice.
0: shout out to her uh, I mean if we put that at the start of the episode we could pack a drinking game right sort of every time (laughs) oh yeah do it that could be your
1: like your preview clip for the
2: episode (laughs)
0: yeah
2: that's a great idea Fraser
0: (laughs) Um, yeah guys I don't know about you but it's been a a nice hour or so Um, great to catch up great to get hyped about the weekend and i'll look forward to seeing both of you there so, yeah i've had a really good time.
1: time thanks for inviting me on thanks, can i uh can i go watch stranger things again now
0: you can indeed <laughs> look you have my permission <laughs> um yeah just to wrap things up uh we hope that your listeners enjoyed this episode as much as we have if you're to up to date with future episodes of the total quidditch podcast please give the total quidditch facebook page a like we'll be announcing upcoming guests on there and as and when we have a mailbag for our guests, we'll be allowing you to send in your questions to them. Uh, until next time, keep yourself safe and live the game. Goodbye.